0: suffering a little bit of an injury from a water skiing accident. Yeah,
1: a water skiing accident about a month ago. I had, or a month ago, I had surgery. So now I have another five months till I can uh, run again. So it's going to be a slow, slow progress. So the chair has got props. They're, yeah, they're, so they're t- bear with me, bear with me. <laughs>
0: so I'm just going to ask a couple of questions. First,
1: I, first I want to say one thing. I want to say thank you to Thomas. Thomas, you don't know this, but my, you, your staff and you allowed us to get married at, in your garden at your restaurant in French Laundry and had a beautiful dinner afterwards. So thank you very much.
0: (laughs) So I'm just going to ask a few questions just to kick everything off and then throw it out for the room. Um, And before I get to Apple and Nest, I want to take you back a little bit and talk about something I'm intrigued about, which is General Magic, which seemed it was, it's been named by Forbes, the, the, the most important dead Silicon company in Silicon Valley and seemed like a real incubator for innovators and, and, and the future. What was that experience
1: it, 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 like? It was an incredible place. This was in 1991. Uh, it started just at the end of 90, 1990 or something like that. And uh, I was 21 and, and I wanted to go work for my heroes. And my heroes were actually a general magic. And this was the team, minus Steve Jobs, that created the original Macintosh. And so what we were basically doing at that time um, was creating the iPhone 20 years earlier. You know, They say timing's everything, right? And we were 20 years too soon. But we had a tremendous set of talent. You know, not just the team that created the Mac, but the, the person who, uh, uh, Pierre, who went on to, to found eBay. Uh, we've had so many different great people that came out of General Magic, and it had to die. But uh, that class of people, actually, Megan Smith, who just is now the CTO of the, uh, of the U.S., she was just uh, brought on and nominated last uh, last week for CTO. She was also there. So this class of uh, of young uh, young minds was there along with their heroes, and we got to learn and create. You know, it was an absolute failure. It was about a billion dollars was invested in this thing. It was an absolute failure. But through that, it spawned all kinds of amazing innovation, amazing companies that came out of it.
0: And working with those people at that time, and I think this is probably something that will resonate with a lot of the people, the delegates. Here You're amongst this class of really inspiring peers, not only looking up to your heroes, but being amongst inspiring peers.
1: How important do you think that is for creativity and working in that kind of environment? As Thomas said, teamwork, teamwork, teamwork. You have to work together. And when you can start to bounce ideas off each other and people are really open to thinking and it's not just all led by one person and and we, we have a stew of ideas it just rises everyone up to a new level, right? When, you're, when you know that there's someone's trying to achieve perfection on, on the desk next to you as well as the one on the other side of you, you everybody raises, right? And so uh, I, you know, some of our best ideas come from you know, one crazy idea, and then someone else in that same room you know, riffs on it. Or they heard it differently, or they thought the assumptions were different. And then all of a sudden, this brilliant thing comes out of it. I've just seen that so many times in my basically 25 years here in Silicon Valley. It's been, it's been wonderful.
0: So tell us your personal story about how you came together to work with Steve Jobs on something that would revolutionize <laughs> music and telecoms and change sure. how we consume music and media and everything. Yeah.
1: Well, it's it's amazing actually. This week, uh, the iPod actually died, uh, so they no more no longer will it uh, will it be shipping. Uh, actually, the old one with the, the hard drive in it. But uh, for us, really, uh, you know, when we started, it was you know, Apple was a very very different place. Apple was a company that was only had about 250 million dollars in the bank. It was breakeven. It was breakeven. $250 million. <laughs> breakeven, and it had a $500 million in debt. Something like that was the company. And it had less than 1% market share in the US for computers. And so Steve wanted to make something very, very different. He wanted to change the company. And he asked me, uh, a team of people, uh, to get together. And how could we take iTunes on, on the go? Uh, So, literally, we had mp3 players, they were out at the time, so the iPod wasn't the first one. But how could we do an mp3 player the Apple way? And so that was my job, was to go away as a consultant, and literally in six, seven weeks, put together what became the iPod, and and six months later, ship it. And so it was a tremendous, how can I say, a tremendous set of brains came together very, very quickly and we put it, put it out in seven months. Typical hardware programs in Silicon Valley can take, for a version one, take anywhere from nine months to a year to get done. We did it in seven months or so, because we were, we were basically fighting for our lives for, as a company point of view, and also from us, just our team. If we didn't get that shipping, we would be able, you know, the, the product, uh, the, the product <laughs> group would have been, been disbanded, and we would, have, we would have been working on computers or something like that.
0: So after that very innovative time at Apple and you worked on mobile and uh, music and telecoms you turned to thermostat. Why?
1: <laughs> well, first, you know, I it, for for me really it, we had to take a break. My wife and I, we were my wife also worked for Steve Jobs for almost 10 years. And so we had two young 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 kids at the time, one and two, and we didn't see them because we were working so hard. And so we decided to take a break. And through that break Uh, We were designing a home and building a home for our family. We were trying to make it very green. Uh, We were trying to make it also very connected. And so we were thinking about the world when you have a new interface to the world in your hand. The iPhone or the iPad or a smartphone is the interface, it will be the interface to the world all around you. So we designed a house with that in mind. How is, that going to, how is your house and your life going to change when you have these devices with you at all times? So through that, and also through the green movement, how are we also going to you know, uh, preserve the environment, for, especially for our young kids? We created this home. And w- we, discovered all ki- we had all kinds of questions. And we discovered all kinds of inefficiencies in building a home, in using a home. And through that, the number one problem we found was the thermostat. And why? It's the thing that controls over 50%, 60% of your entire energy bill every year. And so you're like, why are these dumb, ugly, ugly things everybody ignores so unloved? Why can't we get a product that we can actually like to look at at the wall, understand how much energy it's using, and tell us more about how to save energy? And maybe do some things like, why doesn't it turn off when I'm not there? Why? Why doesn't it just learn from me when I just turn it up and down a couple of days? Hey, that's probably what I like. So these are the kind of things that, you know, just it was like, why not? Why not build it? So there was a lot of uh, uh, people calling me saying, Hey, I know you're working on something. I know you're working on something. And I said, I have this idea. And they're all like, That's a great idea. And that's the that's the power of teamwork, right? Is all these people that I knew and I trusted, and I'm telling them this idea, and they're like, Let's do this thing together. And then it and it took off from there.
0: Why not? It's a very good attitude. One of, this is my final question before I put it out to everybody else. Um, and it's a common theme that we've heard this morning and last night. It's the biggest mistake I didn't make or the failures that led me to success. And is there one moment that you didn't take an opportunity or you decided not to go down a certain path that has led you to where you are today or something that people may see as a failure, but it makes you who you are?
1: Makes me who I am. I didn't, you know, my parents had a very clear, they had a clear direction or an idea of what they wanted me to do. And it was very clear, like, no, that's not what I'm doing. You know, when I got it from the University of Michigan, got in my car, and I was driving out to Silicon Valley, and I said, you know, just getting in the car, my parents were like, why don't you just go work for a nice company like IBM? (laughs) Why are you going to this crazy company, General Magic, with 30 people? You've never heard that. You, know, you never heard of that before, and you're gonna, you, it's, it's going to be a failure. And it was just that moment. Right then, I was like, no. I'm breaking with, de- breaking with tradition, and just I'm going to go my own way. It was a very, you know, mom's crying in the, uh, <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the garage as I'm getting in the car and taking all my possessions and going. So,
0: Thank yeah. you. Thanks for sharing. Wanna, I, we've got about six minutes left, if you um, want to ask anybody else. I have plenty more, but if anybody in the room wants to ask questions, someone's running to the mic. Hi. Um, Hi. I was wondering what your thoughts are on the future of privacy and whether we can have any expectations of that. I mean, we saw <laughs>
1: last week with
0: the celebrity iCloud hacking situation, sure. the Apple Watch. I know you guys had an issue that you fixed with your devices. So what do you think we can expect, if anything?
1: Well, the thing is, it's a, it's a, it's a brave new world, right? And we're always, we're always going and learning new ways of, of Getting convenience, and but by, by turning over to, to get this convenience, we have to allow either a person or something to help us to help us. Right? We have to train them. We have to learn about it. And not everything goes perfectly. And so what we are right now is we're in this big sea change of all of this convenience, but we're also like mired in the past of we need to be incredibly private. And if you think back, and this is just my personal opinion, if you think back in the eighteen hundreds, the 1700s, many people didn't actually have privacy. Privacy was kind of this thing we've had from the 40s till just about, you know, five years ago where everybody could have their own little space and their own little independence. But we really didn't have it before. So I don't, in some ways for us, we feel like we're losing it. In some ways for societies, we haven't really had it. But that said, do I think what NSA and all these other things are doing? No, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that as I don't buy that as well. If I think about privacy, though, and I want convenience, I'm going to have to give up some information, and we're going to have to be transparent about our systems and our processes. There will be problems along the route, absolutely. We're going to have, you know, uh, we're going to have criminal activity going around from the world coming in our things, but we need to work in coordination with the government, not against them. We need to work, and with our customers, and have them understand what we're trying to do and how we're trying to help them. If we can't have that open dialogue, and we have to have that open dialogue, that's the only way we're gonna bring usher this modern world in and to feel safe and secure. Th- there are going to be breakages, but we are going to have to, we're going to have to address it if we really want to live in this world that we really want to have.
0: Any other questions? Do you think privacy is overrated?
1: No, I don't think privacy is overrated. Um, but I do think that the level of privacy you know, if I look at you know what kids are doing today and stuff, and they're oversharing and they're doing all these things, and then all of a sudden they're regretting it at, at another time. I think we're we're going to learn to adapt to how much we really want to share. I think we're going to really. Uh, Understand how much we really want to trust on these computers to do things for us or these systems and these processes to do for us So I think we're going to have it I don't think it's going to be quite the same as it was in maybe the 80s or the 90s But there there will be something
0: And does it play a big part when you're creating the product or you're developing it? How Important is privacy in the room Uh, when you're discussing
1: it? Oh, it's 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 paramount because if we can't we're in people's homes We're in people's homes and if they can't they the homeowners Bring people in, and they allow you. They, they'll give their key to their home to certain people they trust, or they'll let people into their home that they trust, or they'll just keep the door shut for other people. We have to. We are invited into the home at Nest. We are invited into the home. We have to be a good guest. We have to not steal things, not give them ads, or sell them things when we go in their home. We have to protect their privacy and their things when we go in and be a good citizen. So we have to be open and transparent about that and say, these are the things that we do, these are the things we don't do with your information, and this is how we're trying to help. So you, you have to have that conversation and, and know that you're invited in, not that you, you have a right to be there.
0: OK. Is there any, oh, question. Hi, uh, thanks for the great talk. When you were introduced, you were, um, your, your contributions to engineering were highlighted, and rightly so, prolific and talented. But so much, in my mind, of what distinguishes Nest and the iPod and some of your other projects is really the design sensibility. And that doesn't, isn't the kind of thing that's really taught in your typical mm-hmm. engineering curriculum. Do you think that that sensibility can be learned, can be taught, is it acquired, or do you think it's more innate? And if it is the former, how do you go about sort of attaining that sense of Artistic, you know, view on designing products.
1: Well, I think I don't think it's innate. I think it can be learned. Now, there's a there's once you've learned it, there's obviously scale between there between people who can do it really well. But but typical um, people on our team at least have can have that sensibility if they choose to open themselves up to it, to look at it, and to embrace it. Most people are like, oh, that's somebody else's job. And if you actually go in and understand the process, and you also have, uh, you know, if, if people have taste. a certain taste that they like. like. Let's say they really love music, or they really love food, or they really love movies or something like that. They learn to understand the nuances of why they like something and what why they don't like something. The same thing happens in design. If you choose to apply yourself, and you work with people who can actually uh, tell you the you know have, you can learn the language of design through that through them or you can see user interaction as a user interaction design as well you can learn those things they're, they're another they are another uh, you know uh, a function just like engineering or operations or customer support you can learn it now how great you are within that that's you know that's individual talent and, and but you can actually do design Thank you I think we've
0: just. Run out of time,
1: but thank you right. so much. Thank you. Well, I can't get off the stage. Yeah.
0: You want me to help? No. <laughs>